The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. How is everybody today? I experienced the coronavirus scare firsthand uh, the other day when I was in line at the, uh, and uh, I happened to uh, sneeze. Now, I did cover my face, of course, turned away from people and sneezed, but you should have seen the look on people's faces. My goodness. Incredible. People are genuinely concerned, frightened, whatever way you want to put it. And, uh, you know, the local media doesn't seem to be doing anything. Uh, let, me, let me comment real quick about that. So, so here in San Antonio, we've got uh, out of we have a, uh, a, a holding or a, a clearing station. I'm not sure what they call it, a, uh, a, a quarantine uh, area uh, where they brought some of the uh, of the coronavirus uh, infected folks and uh, they were holding them there. There was one individual that um, was released early in the week that apparently had the virus and uh, was not detected. And then they found out she had it later while she was already out. And there was all sorts of pandemonium because she had visited a, uh, a shopping mall and, you know, everything else. And so there was an absolute meltdown by the, uh, by the local Democrat leaders blaming president Trump for it. Of course, you know, Russian collusion, coronavirus collusion, I guess. I don't know. It's right here in our backyard. Uh, what's very fascinating in this whole situation as the, as I listen to these, uh, Democrat local elected officials, the county judge and the mayor, just upset that folks who were infected were amongst. What was fascinating to me is that uh, earlier in the year and last year, last year, last summer, uh, when we were having uh, immigration uh, problems, the mayor was welcoming people with open arms. Now, a lot of these people that were crossing the border and clearing asylum that were just being released, they were, you know, it was before the president uh, shut uh, that program down. But these people that were being released were not being, first of all, they were not being screened. There was a lot of them that were sick. There were lots of stories about how the Border Patrol were, uh, uh, were being infected with all sorts of, uh, of diseases and uh, how people were, you know, how, how the, the Border Patrol and ICE agents were very, very concerned about their health and safety and about their family's health and safety because they were taking these diseases home. Well, now we've got the mayor uh, just upset because uh, you've got these quarantine folks over here at Lackland Air Force Base here in San Antonio, and uh, he's concerned that these people might infect the rest of the community. Why wasn't he concerned that these people that were coming across the border unchecked, unvetted, uh, why wasn't he concerned last year when these people were coming in? Uh, some of them clearly sick, some of them clearly sick. And not only that, but he, he established with, uh, some liberal churches, he established a holding a, a, um, a, a, uh, program here where, where people were, uh, housed temporarily until they could, uh, be reunited with, uh, other family members across the nation. So, uh, you know, I, I had friends of mine who, uh, work with the, uh, fire department who work with the uh, uh, with the EMS, the emergency medical folks, they were telling me that they were assigned. They were not, uh, you know, they were, it was not voluntary situation. They were assigned. The city assigned them to work in these holding session or uh, holding uh, places, these uh, temporary housing places for these uh, illegal aliens. And uh, they were, you know, I mean, they clearly could see a lot of these people were sick. They themselves were not given any kind of treatment, nor did anyone really, really know a lot about what uh, what was ailing these people. They did have some volunteer doctors there that were checking on them that, uh, you know, did come in and, and prescribe some medicine. And again, medicine that we, the taxpayer, paid for. Bottom line, the mayor didn't seem to be too concerned at that point. In fact, the media, the local, the local mainstream media, didn't say too much about it. Now, all of a sudden, because of the uh, because it's a different administration, and I guess because it's President Trump, they are having an absolute hissy fit that uh, people are being held in quarantine over at Lackland. 
So, uh, you know, the only thing I can think again about is, is first of all, it, it's political convenience, political theater by these uh, by these Democrats. And then secondly, this whole issue of uh, the media coverage. I mean, it, it, again, it is fake news, especially the local San Antonio Express. Fake news. There has uh, there was another report that over 300 over 300 Chinese nationals, over 300 Chinese nationals have been. Uh, picked up across the border uh, from Brownsville to uh, to uh, San Diego, have been picked up, have been caught trying to cross illegally. Now, these are the ones that have been caught. Heaven only knows how many have not been caught. But these are the people that have been caught at the border crossing illegally. Heaven knows how many have flown in and not been caught. Heaven knows how many have arrived arrived in, in uh, seaports and not been caught. But these are the ones that have been caught at the, at the uh, southern border, 300 of them. And again, if there is such a concern about the coronavirus, my friends, why don't Democrats demand that the uh, that the border be closed down, that the border be tightened up, that border security be uh, be be uh, tightened up for crying out loud? No, 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 no. On the contrary, on the contrary, they are making noises that uh, this is uh, a you know th- this is a, a a situation where people are fleeing uh, poverty and fleeing illness and fleeing uh, war, and it's up to us to open our arms and bring them in. Fine and dandy, I have no. But let's do it legally and let's vet them. Let's make sure that when they come in, they are clean. Let's remember that famous scene, which is very, very accurate. The famous scene in Godfather 2, where little Vito Corleone arrives at Staten Island, or, or uh, oh gosh, at uh, Ellis Island. And uh, little Vito has to go through uh, a process. He's got to be checked out. And he checks out that he has uh, TB or something like that. I sh- can't remember what it was. But he has to be held in uh, quarantine. I'm not sure how long uh, in the movie, but he was held in quarantine. My friends, this is the way that a nation that protects its borders, that protects its citizens, should behave. That is the way we should behave. We need to be sure that anybody who enters the country enters, A, legally, and is healthy and we know their intentions for entering, you know, that we're, we're not letting in criminals. We're not letting in terrorists. However, the open borders crowd just seems to think, of course, that uh, immigration or migration, as they put it, is a human right. I mean, these people are not birds. They're not birds flying over. They are people who are going to be living in our midst, who are going to be uh, participating in events and participating in life amongst us. And we need to know who they are and what they're here for and whether or not they are healthy. Yes, we do. So uh, that's my rant on that. Uh, let me tell you about our program today real quick. Um, uh, it, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. I have uh, uh, contacted two angel moms. Now, these are folks. These angel moms are ladies. Uh, well, the angel families. These are folks who have uh, uh, lost a, a loved one to an illegal alien. Okay? That means... That uh, there was a crime committed by an illegal alien, someone was killed, an American citizen was killed, and thus these angel moms are now have banded together to address the issue of criminal aliens being punished, criminal aliens not even being here, that should not be here. Many of these tragedies occurred in situations or in in, uh, locations called uh, sanctuary communities, and in many, many cases, in most cases, the uh, illegal alien uh, received a slap on the hand and was released. And uh, in some cases, they've gone back to Mexico or just disappeared again. Heaven only knows where they are. First of all, we're going to be talking with Miss um, Debbie uh, Robinson. Debbie Robinson is calling. Is going to. It lives in um, uh, Missouri, and right next to her, the county right next to where she lives, Green Green County, uh, Missouri, is uh, considering becoming a sanctuary community. And, of course, she is uh, fit to be tied. I'm, I mean, I, I don't blame her. Her daughter was killed in a uh, by an illegal alien in a shooting in Los Angeles. And uh, here now it's come to her backyard, right to her backyard in uh, in Missouri. I mean, you know, so so n- needless to say, she's very, very upset. We're also going to be talking with Miss Bonnie Driscoll. Miss Bonnie Driscoll is another angel mom who's going to be telling us about the tragedy that she that she experienced and what she has done to try to get uh, justice. Now, 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 what's very, very interesting in both these cases is how difficult, my friends, it has been to get justice because in some cases the uh, elected officials, first of all, don't cooperate, don't let 
the uh, justice system cooperate. And then in other cases, uh, the individual who committed the crime has uh, just disappeared, has long gone uh, or has been uh, deported. And no doubt is probably back in the United States again. This is the problem that we've got with these uh, with these criminal aliens. First of all, you know how easily they get into the United States and how easily they disappear and how how often how often the law is easier on them than on a, on a citizen. And that's plain wrong, my friends. That's just plain wrong. Finally, uh, we've got a very, very interesting uh, uh, conversation with Mr. David Billow, who is a fellow blogger here in San Antonio. As we all know, this past weekend, this past week was Super Tuesday. And uh, Super Tuesday, of course, had uh, some problems. There were some problems with voting. Well, David Bellow uh, has uh, written and discovered a situation in South Texas, which is not that unusual. Not that unusual. South Texas is dominated and has been dominated since the 1930s by the Democratic Party. I mean, talk about a party machine. And uh, particularly in the little community of Star, of Star. Now, for those of you that don't know about Star County, Star County is famous for 1948, a uh, clear uh, fraud in the election that occurred there, uh, and uh, which led to Lyndon Baines Johnson being elected senator. And of course, once he was senator, eventually he became vice president, and then eventually president. But there was a clear, clear evidence of uh, shenanigans in um, in uh, in voting. In Star County, uh, Texas, here in South Texas. Well, again, this this time around, there's been some shenanigans there. There's been some, there's there was a problem where a Hispanic family that wanted to vote Republican was not given a ballot, a Republican ballot. They were given a Democrat ballot. And when they asked for a Republican ballot, they said they didn't have any. <laughs> so you're going to hear you're going to hear from David his report on what happened. The question is, how many places in how many places in South Texas or in Texas in general, as well as across the country, in how many places did this occur where minorities, particularly minorities, because it is the minorities that are dominated by political bosses, how many of them were victimized by the system or by the local mach- political machine to prevent them from voting Republican or being involved in Republican politics. We know. We know that this happens constantly. We know of the intimidation. We know that, that uh, you know, uh, people who put up a, a Trump sign in their, in their front yard are liable to get, uh, get it vandalized. I mean, that's, that's, you know, wearing a MAGA hat in some communities is dangerous. So uh, this situation where people are uh, are wanting to uh, vote uh, Republican and vote independently of the Democrat machine, it's amazing. It is shocking. But it's real. It's happening. And uh, so we're going to be talking with Dave Bellow. Dave Bellow. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer will be right back. Stay tuned. El Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. All right, my friends, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP. 9.30 a.m. radio in San Antonio. And uh, we've got uh, a new guest with us, Mr. David Bellow. And David is a uh, political blogger. He lives over in East Texas. And he has written a very interesting report regarding uh, a uh, problem at a voting box or a voting uh, poll in uh, deep south Texas in Stark County. Now, uh, for those of you uh, in the... That have not uh, that don't know too much about the history of South Texas. Uh, in uh, 1948, 
Lyndon Johnson was running in a very heated uh, senatorial race against uh, Coke Stevens. And uh, somehow Coke Stevens upset the political boss in South Texas, uh, Mr. George Parr. And lordy, 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 would you believe that uh, box ballot box number 13, which has become infamous and famous, uh, turned up with 200 extra votes for Mr. Lyndon Johnson. And Lyndon ended up uh, winning by the hair on his teeth uh, and became the Texas senator, which uh, eventually led for him, to him to becoming uh, vice president in 1960 and eventually president of the United States. So uh, it uh, tells you how uh, a little bit of, uh, shall we say, shenanigans uh, in voting uh, affected uh, a, not only an, an election, but it affected a uh, it affected the ni- the history of the nation. So uh, let's find out what is happening into uh, in 2020. David, thank you for taking time. Welcome to the show. Tell us about what you wrote, what you found out, what you wrote up about. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, so the situation right now in Star County is uh, I was contacted uh, late last week by a family in a, a Hispanic family down in Star County, Rio Grande City, and they relayed to me that they went to vote Republican uh, at their primary um, polling place, and they were given a Democrat ballot and told just vote this Democrat ballot and you can vote for Trump and all the Republicans in November. So I did a little more digging, and the Republican primary in Stark County is consolidated. There's only one polling place at the county courthouse, and which... You know, if these voters show up and say, hey, I want to vote Republican, and the people there working the polls tell them, okay, hey, go to the county courthouse, then that's just fine. But the problem is they're showing up saying, I want to vote Republican. They're not told to go to the county courthouse, and they're told, here's the Democrat ballot, just vote this, and in November you can vote for Republicans and Trump. Um, and so that is kind of the um, the, the quick summary the situation down there and they this family told me that they spoke with other friends who were voting republican and the same thing happened to them uh, polling places and so i think the situation down there is it is so controlled democrat controlled um that they they're so bold that you know oh hey nobody wants to vote republican or who cares if people don't vote republican we'll just give everybody a democrat ballot because I guess they feel that, you know, oh, well, no Republican, but no Republican is going to win down here. Why bother? But that only suppresses the vote, Republican vote. You know, if they were more friendly and not telling them to vote Democrat and following the law and telling them where to vote Republican, maybe there would be more of a Republican presence because Republicans wouldn't have to jump through hoops or be lied to or given Democrat ballots to vote. You know, that that is really, really interesting. And, it, uh, well, it, it's kind of shocking, first of all, for, for a lot of folks to hear this, because it sounds like a third world country where you are encouraged, if not told, how, how to vote. And your vote is uh, shepherded in a certain direction rather than it being a free, conscientious vote on your part. The control of the Democrats in South Texas is, has been... You know, I mean, they've, they've been controlling it since the uh, since since uh, FDR in the 1930s. Uh, is, is do you see any any effort to challenge it or uh, anything that uh, that, um, you know, an opposition can do to uh, to to bring it out? I mean, to to uh, stop this kind of shenanigans? Well, um, certainly there are Republicans that do try to run down there. And um, and I, I will say that that people are waking up, especially the Hispanic community. Um, they are, um, at their heart, um, very Republican in many ways, or conservative. You know, they, they're they predominantly uh, Catholic, or many of them are Catholic. They don't believe in abortion. Um, you know, so they are very at odds um, with the Democrat platform. And not only that, I mean, Hispanics that I know down there on the border, um, they 
many of them came over legally the right way. Um, they're not opposed to um, people coming over. Uh, they're not opposed to people immigrating to America, but they live on the border and they hear the gunshot from the cartel. They, they experience the, uh, the crime that does come over. And so, you know, many people that I know that are Hispanic down at the border are voting for Trump uh, because the border wall isn't a racist thing. It's a safety thing. They live on the border. They see the, That's right. the violence. Yep. And so I think, I think the more awareness um, of what Republicans stand for, what Republicans believe, will bring Hispanics and, and anyone down on the border, particularly um, over to the Republican side, because um, they're just so indoctrinated when told what to do. Hey, here's a Democrat ballot. There's no Republicans. You know, just vote Democrat. But once they start to wake up and realize, hey, there's another ballot I can vote for, um, and there's another, you know, party out there that, that I've read some of their things online or spoken with them. Um, so outreach is very important. Going to those communities and really showing them that look, we don't hate y'all. We're we believe a lot of what y'all believe, and um, we should join together. That's right. What uh, what do you think are the long term ramifications when you've got situations or incidents like this? What do you think it is uh, is the long term uh, ramifications for uh, a two party system or a, or just democracy in general uh, in, in these communities if uh, they're not being given a, a chance to um, to uh, have an opposition party? Well, it certainly uh, prevents the Republican Party from being able to grow. Um, and unfairly so. Um, I think whenever you, long term, if you have polling places that you go to and there's only Democrat ballots and you're only told, oh, hey, just vote Democrat, there's not even a Republican ballot, well, people are just going to keep voting Democrat because there's no other option. Um, and so I think it's like training. It yeah, it's like training a dog, I guess. Exactly. You, know, yeah. you know, you just. And, um, go ahead. No, yeah, it just you know, it, it. My parents, my I was born in Laredo, and and my parents and grandparents uh, fought a lot against um, uh, the Democrat machines in uh, in in South Texas, and uh, so you know we, we we've seen. I, I have personally seen these uh, these problems that that continue to uh, to occur, and you think that they don't occur anymore because well, it's not it's tw- the twenty first century, but uh, apparently they're still going on. And you know that really it, it surprised me, believe it or not. As, as corrupt as South Texas is, and it's corrupt. I mean, it, it seems like every day I see something on the news, or an article about some leader, political leader, being arrested for bribery or something. Um, it, it, it's pretty corrupt down there. But I, in a Republican state, Republican controlled state, you know, the the governor, the secretary of state, I would have imagined that that there would be a little more oversight, you know, to or instruction of how to um, conduct elections and, and oversight to make sure that they're being conducted legally and fairly and properly. And I, I was a little surprised whenever I was told that people were showing up and being told, oh, just here's a Democrat ballot, instead of, you know, strictly following the law, which is you can't tell somebody how to vote. You can't discourage someone to vote Republican. If they want to vote Republican, you know, tell them to go to the county courthouse, and that's where their ballot is. Just the fact of giving them a Democrat ballot or just saying, do you want to vote Democrat? Here's a ballot is completely illegal. And um, I think the secretary of state should step in and um, and um, find out what's going on and, and ensure that that future elections, people are instructed. You can't do this. And, and penalties are enforced whenever they do violate that law. Yep. Well, you know, this this all happened in a uh, primary election. Uh, with the uh, with the main general election coming up in in in, uh, uh, in November, we're going to have to be very very vigilant in uh, watching what's going on. And uh, I would certainly encourage people that uh, are listening to our show to you know to watch for irregularities. Tell the folks, David, where they can read more of, of your program uh, or or your writings and um, how they can follow you. Well, uh, the the main uh, website that I write for is Texas GOP Vote. TexasGOPVote.com, and uh, that is where this this article um, appeared. And uh, it's actually a lot of people are very interested in it. Uh, it's gotten over 
50,000 views just in the last 12 hours, uh, in addition to 1,400 shares on Facebook. So this is something that people care about, something that um, that um, people are worried about. And so, like you said, people should be vigilant and uh, know the rules, know the laws, and, uh, you know, watch out. And Because we, we don't know if an election is going to get stolen by someone who, you know, like back at, you know, Linda B. Johnson, you know, ballot box 13. Yep. Um, it, it can happen. And uh, But, yes, TexasGOPVote.com is uh, where I write my articles, and um, and I'm glad that you had me on, and we could, we could discuss this. I appreciate it. You got it. We'll get you back on sometime again soon so you can, uh, so you can tell us, uh, give us updates of anything else that you've been writing about. Righty? Sounds great. Thanks. You take care. We've been talking, my friends, to uh, Mr. David Bellow from uh, TexasGOP.com. And uh, this is, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. All right, my friends, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got a special guest with us. Uh, today we've got Miss Bonnie Driscoll, who's calling us all the way from Missouri. Uh, Bonnie is an angel mom who lost her daughter, uh, Lacey Ferguson. Her uh, daughter was killed, murdered. I'm not sure how to put it delicately, other than that, by an illegal alien in Modesto, California. And uh, Bonnie has recently not only uh, been victimized by this tragedy, but apparently the courts have uh, victimized her as well. And I wanted to get her on the show to talk to us. Bonnie, welcome to the show. First of all, tell us how you became an angel mom. Tell us about your daughter, Lacey, and what happened. My daughter, Lacey, was a single mom. She was 25. She was out on a date. She had went to an all-night, uh, 24-hour market. Had came out of the store. Her and her date and another man that they didn't know were shot in, as innocent victims of a drive-by shooting. Subsequently, that was in 2003, and it, my daughter had was shot in the head. She died on her only child's third birthday, her daughter, Haley. We've raised Haley since then. She's now 19. Um, we spent everything we could possibly do from 2003 until they found the person in Mexico in 2014. He fought extradition for two years, came back to California in 2016, stood trial. He received 61 to life, plus life, plus life, because he'd shot two other people. Um, they have an elderly parole program. He is 47. When he turns 60, they will talk about paroling him. That's 12 years from now. Um, Lacey, she was, a good, she was a good girl. I mean, she was a good person and didn't know these people or anything else. These people just decided to shoot her and shoot the other people that were there um we fought with everything billboards flyers everything we could possibly do to keep it in the public's eye but in 2016 i found out that this man once they arrest him was an illegal alien in 2018 when he was convicted i looked up his arrest records he had 12 prior arrests in the county that he killed her in 12 separate independent arrest court convictions. He was never deported. Never. Then, and on his 35th arrest, 35th, he was, and it happened in Arizona, he served three years in federal prison, was extradited to Mexico. And his 36th arrest was for my daughter's homicide. Wow. Only been deported one time. Wow. All of that. And California didn't do it. Twelve times. I mean, you can expect one or two sliding through the cracks. But 
12 times, 12 separate arrests, 12 separate convictions. Never deported. Not a thing. Amazing. Uh, what uh, what kind of cooperation did you get from law enforcement in California in uh, doing all your research and everything else? Oh, my goodness. In the beginning, I was butting heads with the sheriff's department. And no matter what was brought to them, it appeared that they did nothing, literally. And finally, I had it taken out of the, sher- after the, sh- out of the sheriff's officer's hands. And the case went to the district attorney's office, and an investigator in the district attorney's office is the one who investigated the case and solved it. And and uh, at that point, uh, what uh, what has happened since? Tell us about this recent court situation that you went through. Well, we went to the court hearing. That that was an awful thing. I can tell you, it was awful. Um, what what I was contacting you about was the fact that in the process of this, we lived in California. We had our house for about 37 years. We let it go to foreclosure because it was so bad with people setting our garage on fire, shooting at our house. Really? Oh, God, yes. And this was because you were pursuing this? Uh... Pressing, I was pressing the issue, and I wanted an arrest. Wow. Incredible. And... We had several different things happen, but um, when I we left the house there, came to Missouri, pretty much sight unseen, bought a house here, and we like the values in Missouri. I like the fact that um, you don't see the crime. There, there is crime here, but not near as much as California. Nothing like California. Um, we felt I loved the place. I, we felt safe here. Everything. Now I'm finding out that Green County, which is a county over from me, is considering turning sanctuary. And that just, all I can say is, hell no. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. I don't know what they're asking for. Well, yeah, my understanding from talking to um, to communities who border on sanctuary communities, like the ones in Maryland and, and the ones, uh, well, here in Texas even, is that um, that uh, that criminal behavior that criminal uh, illegal alien element bleeds over into the other communities and so uh, you become victimized as well so i mean well absolutely and um here's the thing and and i've learned this illegal aliens when they're arrested they don't serve near as much time as if you were an american um in our case um this was a death penalty eligible case. It was signed by a proclamation from Governor Schwarzenegger at the time that it would be death penalty. Being as he was not an American citizen, he didn't qualify for that. So what what happened then? What happens with them? I'm getting the sixty one to life, but they took it off the table. Oh my gosh! So it off the table, and they're doing that all over the country. I know people that have their kids have been killed. I know one woman in particular. Her son, who was a nine one one dispatcher for um, the sheriff's office in California, he was killed on his way to work by a by some guy. It was like three or five times DUI convictions, not deported. You know the deal. He was killed. His killer got thirty five days. That's it. Outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And then on top of that, I mean, one of the things that, that, really, that really irks me is when they do jail them, uh, you know, they are jailed on, on our taxpayer uh, ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, you know even, even then that's, you know, I mean, if you kick them out, they, they probably will come right back in because Mexico is not going to do a doggone thing or Guatemala is not going to do a doggone thing for them. Uh, look at the Kate Steinle case. The guy had used the border as a revolving door, what, five times deported, shoots her, California acquits him on the murder, and then turns around and drops the gun charge. Yeah, yeah, well, obviously it was the gun's fault. Nothing. Yeah, it was the gun's fault, it wasn't his. Uh, So, being an angel mom, what what kind of things are you guys, uh, are the angel moms advocating for uh, at this point, other than, I mean, the obvious of... uh, of punishment for these illegal aliens. 
uh, what uh, what 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 are you pushing for? Um, we're pushing for several things. For one, we're pushing for the wall, and it's not just a wall. A lot of people, oh, it's a wall, it's Trump's wall, whatever. It's not. We're talking about more border patrol, more more technology, you know, that can put these people in a place to respond to whatever's happening in that section of the wall. Not necessarily where they're just, you know, miles and miles of open land and they're trying to drive back and forth to catch somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. It's easier if, if people use the gates instead of, you know. But um, also, we are pushing for, well, obviously, you know, penalties, stronger penalties for these people. I mean, if they're here and they're committing the crime here, they might as well be punished the way it should be. But um, personally, my personal opinion, I say deport them all back, especially that they're hiding criminals in sanctuary cities. That's They're protecting them. That's right. That's exactly right. They're absolutely protecting them. I mean, I have nothing against families that want a better life i mean i understand that but we have laws here we're we're you know we live by a rule law here and you come legal that's right that's right it was very very interesting because that article that i read regarding green county right there next to you um the uh the advocate for the illegal aliens uh never used the word illegal i mean she talks about Immigrants. Oh, no, they give all kinds of immigrants. nice words. Newcomers. I've heard so many, they ain't even funny. Yeah. Immigrants, newcomers, this, that, the next thing. Bottom line is, the minute they slip over that border, they have committed their first crime. That's right. That's exactly right. They're going to commit more to follow. That's right. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, and again, my favorite uh, saying to people is, uh, what part of the word illegal don't you understand? I don't get it. <laughs> I've had people argue the Constitution with me. Oh, they have constitutional rights. No, they do not. Not here because they're not a citizen. That's right. I mean, what's the point of being a citizen if uh, an illegal alien that snuck in, that came in illegally, gets the same rights, privileges, and benefits? What's the well, point? I don't see why, and somehow our politicians, certain left side of them, are going overboard to do more for those people than they, they're representing their they are elected by us to represent our needs and wants. Okay, they're not our leaders. Those are elected people. That's right. We want them to actually do for us. What about America first, for God's sake? I mean... That's right. That's right. That's right. They're your, you know? your, 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 uh, you should be taking care of citizens, of Americans first, and everybody else should be second. Secondary, oh. but uh, apparently, oh, even the Bible tell you charity begins at home. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, Bonnie, thank you for taking time to be with us today. I uh, I appreciate it tremendously. Uh, let's stay in touch because I want to follow. I want to be following that uh, situation in your next door neighbor county. Uh, well, I plan to raise hell about it. Because yeah, I I would hope. I would have hope. No idea what they're asking for. And if there's anything I we can do and I can do, let me know. All righty. Okay, well, thank you, George. Thank you. Once again, my friends, we've been talking with Miss uh, Bonnie Driscoll from Missouri and uh, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his Internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, Please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we have a special guest with us, uh, a new special guest, Miss Deborah Robinson, who happens to be an angel mom. Uh, 
here in Texas. Uh, and uh, she, uh, I reached out to her because uh, I want her to tell us, uh, we've got so much discussions going on, so many, uh, particularly with the, uh, with the campaign elections that are going on right now, or that just have gone on, and now we're getting ready for the presidential elections. We've got so many people talking about uh, immigration, but sanctuary communities in particular. And um, we have had some uh, police officers. We've had some sheriffs. We've had several folks talking about um, the problems that they have run into with uh, the issue of sanctuary communities and sanctuary jurisdictions. But none of them, none of them compare to the problems that Angel families have run into. And so uh, I wanted to get uh, Deborah to come on the show and tell us, first of all, about her tragedy, as well as her feelings and thoughts about uh, the president, President Trump's efforts to end uh, sanctuary communities and, uh, you know, the sanctuary communities that are going on around us uh, in California and in New York and in other communities. So, Deborah, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, first of all, let's uh, tell us about your tragedy, about your your experience, how you became an angel mom. All right. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to come on and share in my daughter's story. Um, my daughter was Michelle, and um, she was my only daughter, and um, she was my baby of two. I have a son. And um, Michelle was 34 years old. She was a newlywed of, uh, of eight months before she was killed. She had married her high school sweetheart. Of, uh, they had been together for 16 years and finally had decided to get married. And um, she also, they had together a 14-year-old son. But on May 14th of 2016, an undocumented illegal um, this man had no driver's license, no social security number, um, was driving 70 miles an hour on an access road in Arlington, Texas, and uh, rear-ended the vehicle Michelle was a passenger in. Um, they had been stopped at a stoplight on the way home from a local hospital where they both had worked the night shift. Um, that started a very, very long journey for my husband and I. It's been three and a half years. And we are nowhere any further today than what we were on the day it happened. Um, the driver, like I said, he was driving 70 miles an hour. Um, he was not injured. Let me, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to follow. He was driving like an F-350, um, uh, heavy-duty uh, industrial uh, vehicle. And uh, when he rear-ended him doing 70 and uh, he, we found out a couple, um, well, almost immediately, I want to say, he was found to be in possession of cocaine. And they, the department uh, or the DA's office in Arlington, Texas, did not want to really cooperate with giving us any information. So in another matter, we had contacted an attorney and he was helping us with uh, everything because my son-in-law was on life support. He was severely, severely injured, uh, crushed from the abdomen up. <clears throat> but immediately we got a resistance from the DA's office. Um, they didn't want to charge this man, uh, and we did not understand why. Um, so, they, I mean, that, that kind of started our journey there. They didn't want to charge him. That's very, very interesting. Did they tell I, you why? I don't. Pardon? Did they tell you why they didn't want to charge him? Well, first of all, I mean, they gave me all kinds of excuses. Uh, first, they said they couldn't get his speed up to 70 miles an hour and that the black box in the vehicle failed. And, you know, it just didn't, uh, they didn't feel he was doing the 70 miles an hour. Um, and then on another occasion when I spoke with them, they um said they couldn't find him and did I know his alias names and, and stuff and I said well no I, I did a background check and maybe you could do that and pull up this information because I mean I, I didn't have it right off the top of my head um, and then the last thing that really bothered my husband and I is 
they kept insisting that they needed Michelle's blood toxicology. And I asked them, you know, what did that matter? Because she was a passenger in the vehicle. And um, so I turned that around and I said, did you do a, uh, a blood tox on the driver since he was found to be in possession of cocaine? And they told me that they did not feel it was warranted at the time of the accident. Mm. Oh, my gosh. You know, in, in normal circumstances, when somebody is rear-ended, when, when there is a rear-end co- uh, accident, automatically the person who has rear-end, done the, the, the rear-ending uh, is assumed to uh, be responsible. And somehow that doesn't seem, that didn't seem to be the case in this. The other thing is that uh, the issue of insurance. Uh, you were left with uh, payments. I, I mean, I, with the with the costs of uh, of of the accident. I would imagine. I mean, since this individual has no insurance and has no license, uh, I mean, what what can you get from them in this in this type of situation uh, to uh, to pay for this uh, this incident? This accident. Um. I know that my son-in-law, his medical and Michelle's medical was uh, several millions of dollars. And I'm sure, um, you know, that (laughs) the state's never going to see that money. Um, I do not know of all of the um, claims that were probably put out uh, because of this driver. I only know how it has affected my husband and I. I mean, within hours accident they had taken the driver to the hospital where michelle actually was two stories up um you know fighting for her life because almost every bone in her body was uh broken and plus she was brain dead by the time she got to the hospital her injuries were so significant but within a matter of hours of um them taking him back from the hospital and he was checked out i guess he was not injured they allowed him to post a $2,500 bond, and he was released then. So it took me almost six months to get this man charged, and it wasn't until I threatened to sue them that they finally decided they would swear out a warrant for him. Um, so, I mean... To sue, to, sue, to sue who? To sue the, uh, uh, the city of Arlington they're, they're to, to put out a warrant for this guy? Yes. Wow. The investigating officer and the, the, the police department, um, I just, you know, I was so frustrated and I didn't understand. You know, this man killed my daughter and severely and gravely injured my son-in-law, who will be forever disabled. Um, you know, I didn't understand. I mean, the kids were stopped at a stoplight. And this man just rear-ended them doing 70 miles an hour and then being in possession of cocaine. They allowed the driver... And then being here illegally. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah, he was here illegally, and he had no driver's license. He, he, you know, let no me, let insurance, me, no nothing. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you this, De- Deborah. Let me ask you this. Um, given this whole situation of him being here illegally and then being released on bond... Uh, where is this person? Where is he now? I mean, do you know if he's in, still in custody or has he uh, disappeared again? Well, no. Um, uh, he pled guilty of manslaughter in, um, let's say, I think it was 2016, 17, 18. I think it was in 2018. Um Yes, he pled guilty uh, to manslaughter in 2018, and then he was up for parole in October of 2019, which I've got that um, we were able to get him uh, where they couldn't release him. Um, But he will be released permanently. He only got uh, a few years for killing Michelle. He will be released in 2022. Well, let me me ask you, because we've only got a minute to, to go here. Let me ask you real quick. Given the experience that you have gone through, what do you think needs to happen? Given this this situation that you have experienced, what needs to happen? Well, first, we need to start holding people accountable. You know, why was this man even here with 240 outstanding tickets and warrants? Why was he even on the street? 
number one is my my biggest question and people need to be held accountable for allowing this this man to be driving um and not uh why wasn't he you know detained or removed or um i have not gotten any information from the da's office nobody will give me any information on this man um so i think that would be the biggest thing is start holding people accountable um and those who are aiding and abetting and harboring these illegals i think they all need to be charged with aiding and abetting um you know if that was me or you or anybody else an american citizen who went out and broke the law we surely wouldn't get a pat on the back. No, that's true. Like that... we're killing somebody, you know. So I mean, that's that's the biggest issue is start holding people accountable, and maybe people who are thinking about hiding these people out or providing sanctuary for these uh, illegals, you know, maybe they'll start thinking twice. If, you know, if... that includes that includes these elected officials. They need to be held accountable for uh, complicit and being complicit in in uh, in protecting these folks who are here illegally. Deborah, thank you very, very much for sharing your 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 story with us. I I wish you the best, and I hope that we can, uh, you know, that uh, that things work out as best they can in this situation. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add before we go? No, I just appreciate you so much for sharing Michelle's story. You're one of the first ones that have shared it, and. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be sharing it a lot more to help the president. And I just want your listeners to please, please get out and vote for um, our president and those people who are willing to stand up and fight for the American citizens. You got it. Thank you once again, Deborah. We've been talking with uh, uh, Miss Deborah Robinson, an angel mom here in Texas. Uh, and uh, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer.